Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We're going to get into it here. Coming up in our next segment, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta featuring live standard bred racing each uh, Saturday and Sunday at Century Mile. Fan access limited, but you can still watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Horse Racing Alberta, employing Albertans and contributing to the economy, caring for our horses. Hello, Mark Spector. How are you doing? Oh, doing pretty fair. Bobby, how are you doing, bud? Good. Election uh, day. Well, it is an election day, and there's a saying in the broadcast industry, and that's if you, you know, you got to go into the mouth of the lion. And some people say, this is a sports show. I don't want to hear about it. But you know what? I, I think this election's a little bit different in the U.S., and uh, there is a wide variance of opinion. I think that's fair, Mark. Um I'm going to be really, you know, I'm going to be really intrigued to see how it plays out. Um, I had a texter. I I asked our texters whether or not they care about the election, number one. And number two, who do they think is going to win? Not who they would vote for, but who they think is going to win. So we're getting some pretty interesting responses. Jim has texted us back, Mark, to see on our Ashley Finefloor's text line. The big question is which presidential candidate is more supportive of sports in general? Okay. What and that one comes to us from Jim. Do we know? More supportive of sports. Well, I'll tell you what, the one that's more supportive of letting sports get back to business and and fill their stands with people and let's go college football was is clearly Trump. He's he's less COVID wary than Biden. So if you want to see lots of people in the stands and don't care about the repercussions, that's for sure Trump, is it not? Some might say short-term uh, Trump might be better for sport, but long-term Biden could be better depending upon how the situation with COVID gets handled. And some people out there listening to the show right now, Mark, would say, look, I've run these COVID. You know this about me. You know what I'm like. I've, I've, run the, I've kept a tally up on eight different statistical categories for Edmonton since the middle of March. Okay, I can tell you how many people died on which day and how many people got cases and when the caseload took off and and how many uh, how the testing ratio dramatically increased. You know, all that, that kind a little of... obsessive compulsive ball, don't you? Well, think? you know what? It's part of the it's part of the story. <laughs> and and uh, I know you're not the biggest guy in analytics, but it is none of, none of, like it's a real situation. I think we all know that. But it is going to yeah. be it is it is going to be a, an interesting. You know what? We're living in very interesting times to say. The thing. I mean, would it be fair to say, Mark, that society has moved? slightly to the left over the last five to eight years is that could you you know i'm personally i think i'm a centrist but is it fair to say that society's moved a little to the left Uh, oh boy i don't know you know society i mean it's moved how about north america how about north american society to the left you say yeah i think it's sure though i mean i i'm looking at all the power and acceptance of the right uh 
extreme right in the states, and they're All right. bigger today than they were five years ago. How, how about we say? How about this? Is it fair to say that we have greater divide than ever before? Both people oh, to the left sure. are really entrenched, and people to the right are really entrenched. Yep. Did you say that? Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. I think I think we can agree on that one. All right. Uh, well, uh, so you're going to be watching tonight? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm. Uh... You know what? I'm sitting out at the lake, Bob. I'm enjoying some time off here in our off season. And, uh, work outside all day and fooling around, and I'll come in tonight. I won't lie. I'll probably open a bottle of wine and watch the election. How about you? I, I could tell you took some time off when I read your piece yesterday. So, that, but that's uh, that's and we will get into that here momentarily. Uh, have you ever, by the way, when you worked at the Journal, uh, predating your time at Sportsnet, did you ever cover any elections? Uh, I would say no. I mean, I, I think I did spend the night covering a civic election. They sent me somewhere to do some poll, but no, I'm not. A, I, I was in cops for a couple of years. I covered more murders than I covered elections, I can tell you that. Yeah, that, uh, that's that's got to be a little bit morbid to deal with on a day-to-day basis, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Hacksaw texts the show to say, Bob, Trump gets a thorough beatdown tonight, a thorough beatdown, but when he refuses to leave, it will get wild. It should be great entertainment watching this proverbial you-know-what show. That one comes to us from Hacksaw. Hacksaw. All right, Mark, let's get into it. Give me your take on the Edmonton Oilers signing Dominic Cahoon. <laughs> well, they're deep now. I mean, they're deep. He's... Uh... Uh, the only question I have, uh, you know, he's a good player. He'll play. I don't know if he'll play with dry saddle. It's funny. I think I hear a lot of the things being said about him that I heard said about Toby Reeder. Uh, you know, a fast skating German guy that was coming in here to get the job done, and that didn't work. Um, so I'm interested to know why Cahoon's on his fourth team in, in the two seasons. That's That interests me. I get it why I left Buffalo. He was overpriced in the new economy. But... Um, you know what? He's an okay player. You know, let me say this, Bob. Rome wants to build a day. I don't think that Ken Holland thinks this is the perfect team. I don't think Ken Holland has his work done. I don't think that he says, okay, this is the final project, uh, product. What he's done here is got some depth, and he's furnished McDavid and Drysaddle with proper top six people now. Uh, but if you're asking what might concern me a little bit, I don't see how, you know, I'm looking at this group of forwards and I don't see how they got any harder to play against. I don't see how they're, they're going to win the third period that they lost to Chicago in that playoff series. I don't see how this lineup today after adding Billy and Pulmovi and Turris and Cahoon and coming back with the same fairly average goaltending. I don't see how they're better once the playoffs start and we stop playing regular season hockey and start playing playoff hockey. Well, we're a long ways away from playoff hockey. That's established, and that, uh, and the Oilers uh, need to get to the playoffs. Mark, well, this Pla- is a good team. This is a playoff team, Bob. Now, uh, all right, good all right. Team. So, so Mark, here, so here's Toronto, my, right? The, so, is Toronto a playoff team? We're, they we're, never win when they get there. We're circling back to something here because I do not believe. Logic dictates, just as back on 2011, on this day, Mark, when we were down in L.A. and the Oilers were 8-2-2 and out of the gate, you and me looked at each other and said, yeah, I don't think that 963 save percentage for Nikolai Abbey Lillard's going to continue all season long, right? Yeah. I'm looking at what Edmonton accomplished on the special teams last year, and I know, I know I'm the eternal optimist for all things Oilers. They are not going to have a combined scenario where they're 113.9 percent 
on the power play in PK. They went 29.5% on the power play first in the NHL. I expect them to have a top five power play. They were second in the league in the PK last year at 84.4 after basically being a brutal penalty-killing team the two years before. I think there's going to be a bounce back there. So their special teams were killer last year for them last year. Prop that team up during the course of the regular season. You and me have already had the discussion on how bad their third and fourth lines were 5v5. They got caved in five-on-five. In true five-on-five situations, for the 294th time that I've mentioned this on the show since the Oilers have been eliminated by Chicago, McDavid and Drysaddle, in true five-on-five, were plus players. Sheehan went minus 20. Kira went minus 19. They were the third and fourth line centers in the playoff series. Edmonton gave it away five-on-five. What Ken Holland has done here is he has given Dave Tippett way more to work with as a coach Turris is a legitimate NHL player. He's played played a lot as a second-line center. He should be able to handle the third line. Dave Tippett uh, said last week the game has evolved. You now need three lines that can attack a bit. Uh, Between Nugent Hopkins, Cahoon, Ennis, and James Neal, some of those guys are going to be able to play in the top nine. And Cahoon gives them another option there. Uh, you've now got five right wings that can play in the league because I'm going to include Pulleyarvi in that, and you've oh, got yeah. more. You've got, get so, a to play here. so I, I think Mark, they're going to have the puck more. I think they're going to have more production out of their bottom six than they've had. Okay, and I don't think that they're a finished pro- project for the playoffs for Ken Holland if we're lucky enough to play in the 2021 season. And most of the experts think we will play. There's still time here before we even get to the start of the regular season to make an alteration. So I I just don't see how you can be critical of a guy not having any cap space completely changing out his bottom six, Mark. And I'm going to, you know, just just let me add one more thing. You were were with me in Detroit uh, last October. The Oilers in that game, Mark. Uh, we watched the morning skate, and Detroit was faster than Edmonton. McDavid was with Dreisaitl and Cassian. Here's their other three lines. Nugent Hopkins with Kara and Gagne. Haas with Neil and Chason. And Sheehan with Yurcho and Russell. And we should qualify Nygaard and Archibald were hurt in that game. That team was too, like, compared what Edmonton now has with the emergence of Yamamoto and the additions in this offseason, and compare it to that group of forwards back basically a year ago, it's dramatically better. Agree or disagree? Yeah, it's it's a better team for sure. There's no doubt. He's, Ken Holland's done. Remember, he's only had two off-seasons here, you know, and he's inherited some issues. He had to buy a guy out. He's, you know what? He's doing a good job. Like, there's no – I'm not getting around. I'm not saying Ken Holland's not doing a good job. I think he is. This was a legit playoff team last year. I get that the record shows if you don't win a qualifying round series, you didn't make the playoffs. They were going to make the playoffs. They're second place. I think, what, three points back of Vegas or four? Yep. Uh, when the playoffs came, they're going to make the playoffs. So, you know what? You, you just need to keep getting in and getting your shot. They're doing all that. I got no problem with Ken Holland, uh, the job he's doing. But I, I see, and I, I know that I'm in a minority, but I see the Oilers, uh, I see a major issue for them is that they're very, very easy to play against. And I found, I thought that in the playoff series, it, it was absolutely exploited by Chicago. They were easy to play against. They were, when you needed a goal, you could get one. They, when they had a 3-2 lead coming out of the dressing room in the third period, they couldn't hold it, right? When it was 2-2 coming out of the dressing room uh, in game four, they couldn't 
you know, they weren't the team that scored Edmonton. It was Chicago that scored and won that series. So I'm looking at these guys. Cahoon's 175 pounds. He's a perimeter player. Ennis is 5'9", 160. Yamamoto's 5'8", 150. Paul Yarvey, he's trying to figure out how to play. He is not a defensive specialist by any means, right? There's your, there's your wingers on your two second lines. RNH is a decent defensive player, there's no doubt, but he's not a big man at all. Uh, you know, so I guess what I'm getting at here is, you know, I keep hearing, well, you know, having the puck, if you have the puck, they can't score on you, and that's true, Bob. But you remember when, when Dallas Akins came out and the, the, that line of his when he said, the perfect game, in the perfect game, there are no hits because you have the puck all night. Well, we laughed at that because the perfect game doesn't exist. And there are times, right? Scoring goes down in the playoffs. People score less in the playoffs. That's just a proven fact. So I see where Ken Holland's going in the short term. I see what he's doing uh, right now. And I guarantee you that there will be changes before this team's ready to win a Stanley Cup and be that type of team. But right now, they've got lots of skill. And Tyson Berry's a real nice defenseman when he's got the puck. But he's not a real nice defenseman when he doesn't have the puck, Bob. And in the playoffs, when you can't protect them the way you can in the regular season, uh, I see a team right now that is regular season killers and playoff suspects right now. Mark, how close was Edmonton to beating Anaheim in 2017? I don't know. It was four years ago, Bob. All right. They lost three one-goal games, Mark. And Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, and Everly were a hotline. Did did not score an even-strength goal. Okay. They lost... They, after a four-month layoff, they lost a four-game series to Chicago, a team that was only 10 or 11 points behind them, if that. And a team, if you Father, took away the... 12th place team. Don't make excuses. Mark, the last team to get Mark, in, Mark, and they got beat f- by them. Five, just wait a sec here. The Oilers had a 5-0 and start. You take the first five games a year, uh, uh, the season away from both teams, those teams had almost... Just, just hold on a sec here. Edmonton lost... Two one-goal games and games, they, they stuck the joint out in game one, and they were all in it together. So it was a great team effort because they were all brutal together. And then they came back, and Chicago wasn't very good in game two, and the Oilers lit them up. And in game three and game four, one bounce, right? One bounce at a, at a time in the second period of either of those games, and maybe it changes and alters the course of the direction. Well, now you have some guys that can actually make some plays and finish some things off and give you a little bit different dimension and might have a higher probability to score. Now, that said, Mark, this is not a finished product. You'll concede this is – there's still well, – There's no doubt. As we've said that. It's not a finished product. It won't be a finished product until it's a team we look at and say, this team can win several playoff series. And that's why it's not a finished product, because we're looking at this team, Bob, and we don't think it can win several. All right, so you just just said that the new general manager inherited a situation where his his hands are are tied a bit for the first couple of years. He's working on it, and he'll probably get there, Bob. I think he'll get there. We'll talk about whether or not there's a move or two that can be made that alters the course and the direction of what Edmonton might be capable of even next season or is that perhaps unrealistic at this stage it is mark specter bob stoffer brendan escott with you and others now keep texting us on our ashley fine floors text line specs appearances brought to you by horse racing alberta it is 1248 at edmonton subscribe to the oilers now podcast available on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts oilers now with bob stoffer on 630 chat 
Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you along with uh, Brendan Escott, Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had, Edmonton owned and operated, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. All right, Spec, here's the deal from my perspective. I get the concern on the Oilers goaltending. In fact, it was you a year ago going into the start of the 2019-20 uh, season that said the biggest question mark for Edmonton was in goal. And that was, in my opinion, a fair comment. And in the regular season, uh, even though Mike Smith had a an odd year, like he had a good start, a brutal middle session, and then a good finish during the regular season, Koskinen had a pretty good year. Uh, I, I, I will concede that I understand the apprehension from Oilers fan base and concern. Well, what about getting somebody different than uh, Smith? I, I'd say let's see how Smith does, but I, I get that uh, the goaltending, uh, you know, could be a question mark. And then you look at the fence. Clef bomb situations hamstrung you, and I think they did the best they could by getting buried. It's a different guy. Yeah, yeah a one-year deal, smart, right? So I think we concede that the general manager kind of – I mean, we have some fans that think the Oilers should have signed Grice or should have signed Crawford. Crawford got $3.9 million, Grice got three point six. Edmonton on two-year deals. The Oilers signed Smith on a one-year deal at one point five. The amount of flexibility, Mark, that that gives the Edmonton Oilers – is immense. And what do we know about the goaltending market? Well, what we know about the goaltending market is Ken Holland was deep, deep in it, which tells you what he thinks of his goaltending, right? Like, there, I there, that the, Sorry, go ahead. There was one top-end guy to get, and that was Markstrom. Mm-hmm. Who else? Sure about that. Who else? I mean, Who well, else is top-end? Let's put it this way. Who else is better than what they've got, Right. You know, hope he's better than what they got. Corey Crawford's better than what they got. So, listen, I'm not here to, to tell you which goalie to pick, but I think one one thing that you got to look at, Bob, we can talk and think and argue about their goaltending if it's good enough. I don't think it is. But I can tell you what Ken Holland thought about his goaltending when his primary target coming into free agency, the thing he was, the, the, the one guy he was willing to go up to like a five, six-year deal on, right, and blow the whole free agency wad in trying to sign, it was a goalie. So that tells you what Ken Holland thinks about That's his goaltending. No question. He didn't get Markstrom. He didn't get Markstrom, and he did a really nice job of taking that money and doing a bunch of different stuff with it. And you know what? He he was thinking on his feet. His plan B was strong. I think he did a real good job. But don't forget, his primary target was to upgrade his goaltending because the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers doesn't think his goaltending is good enough. All right. And, and so here's my – I'm going to throw this out there for our listeners. The Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Do you think that Holtby and Crawford are dramatically better than Miko Koskin? And they're all in the same they're all within six hundred thousand dollars a year. And some will say that Shirelli blew it signing Koskinen in a three year deal at four and a half. Okay. That said, Koskinen had a competitive season last year. Oh he my was gosh, not come on. Can you can you can you compare yes, Koskinen and Corey Crawford after what Corey Crawford's done in his career? Hey, was co- tell, he carried Chicago last season, right? He carried a lousy team last season and beat the Oilers in the playoffs. He can't he, he had won a playoff game. He he had he, yes, he he won game two of the series. Mark he won, against he won one playoff Chicago. game in his life. How many how many cups does Corey? They lost. They they lost. Mark, okay, wait a sec, Mark. You can't have, <laughs> hold on a sec here. You just said that they they're not that the Oilers aren't tough enough to play against, and they're too soft. 
And But now you're saying that Crawford was better than Chicago, and that's why Chicago won the series. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that whatever. I'm not saying Crawford's why they won the series. They lost the series to a goalie that had a sub-900 save percentage, which tells you how easy the orders were to score on. But if the question is, let's stay on topic here. If the question is, who's better, Corey Crawford or Miko Koskinen, I want to meet the guy that's asking that question. Cause All right. Uh, well, I, and I would suggest to you the numbers were very close between those guys last year and the balance of the overall body of work for the year. It's not a one-year question, though, right? Let's face it. Nico Koskinen is, you know, compared to a two-time Stanley Cup winner. I don't think we're making Corey Crawford's. Career, Corey Crawford's unequivocally had the better career. Is Corey Crawford the same goaltender he was uh, is now than he was when he won those cups with Chicago? Mark, this is a what have you done for me lately business. That's yep. that's reality. That's the reality of the situation. The point I was making is. Is they're gonna? So you've got Mike Smith on a one-year deal. You've got a ton of cap space coming up. The the general manager has given you incredible flexibility carrying forward for the off season in 2021. Can you not address? Like I I think we have to be realistic. You you just said Edmonton's a playoff team. What happens in the playoffs? What can happen? I mean, who's who was it that said all you need to do is just get in the playoffs and anything can happen? Yeah. You know, when you get, you got to be able to play playoff hockey is what, where we started this conversation, right? That, that, and that, I'm guaranteeing you right now that if you put Truth Serum in Dave Tippett, Ken Holland, they would look at this team and say, yeah, we're not quite ready to win. And I, and, and what I'm telling you, Mark, is that this is not the finished product for what you're going to see. If we're fortunate enough to have a season in 2021, I could foresee a scenario where the Edmonton Oilers add the following, okay? A fourth line center that can play a defined uh, sort of shutdown role and kill penalties. Okay, so Gaetan Haas and Juju Arcaris start the year in Edmonton and somebody pops up and becomes available. Maybe the guy's in Detroit. Maybe the guy's in Nashville. Who knows? Somebody like that, you know, Glendening's got a year left in his contract. And this is, these are not super sexy guys out there for people listening. Uh, you know, who was the guy that was in Arizona for years? Richardson signed a one-year deal in Nashville. Like, maybe Nashville's out of it. I'm not sure which direction yeah. Nashville's going. I'm saying I could see Edmonton adding a center if, if Haas doesn't take a step forward or, or Kara doesn't get it going five on five. I could see Edmonton adding a defenseman at some point. They've got extra right wings. I could see Edmonton adding a more firm, steady uh, defenseman that potentially changes the complexion of the makeup. And the wild card is what happens in goal. That's the wild card because the price point is so low on Smith. If we get into a 48-game schedule and we're at the 36-game mark and that's where the trade deadline occurs and they can't rely on Smith for starts, I see the Oilers making a deal for another goaltender. So that's what I mean by the finished product. Now we're having a slightly di- So you're conceding right now they're good enough to be in the playoffs. I'm saying all you have. Sure. So, I don't know. And Maybe listen, we're- I, I'm, I'm comparing her to the Toronto Maple Leafs, just lineup I'm looking at. This is a great regular season team. Right? This team's going to have no problem scoring plenty of goals in the regular season and getting in the playoffs. I, it, whatever their goaltending is, it's going to be good enough. Nice-looking forward units. You know, Barry's going to help power play. Their defense is not great, but uh, they'll move the puck well. So they'll score goals, and they'll win games in the way they play it in the regular season, right? But then you get into playoff series, and everything changes. We know that. We've watched it for 100 years. And what do the Leafs do every year in the playoffs? They can't beat a team like the Bruins that plays a heavy, hard game that also can score some goals. 
but is also very difficult to play against. And they take the puck away from you. They out-battle you, and they beat you on the walls. And when I look at this, the size of Edmonton's wingers, uh, they're not winning enough board battles on the walls. They're not, they're not, you know, a guy like Patrick Maroon's going to have his way when he goes up uh, for a puck battle with Dominic Cahoon, my friend. And they got too many Dominic Cahoons right now. They're going to have to turn some of those guys into some Pat Maroons. Well, ironically enough, they have Neil and Chase on who played with Juju uh, Kara, and I think those two guys propped Kara up in that series against uh, Chicago. Well, I actually Neil thought was I, good. Neil was I, good. Neil was very right. physical. I like that side of him. So there, there's two big... can knock you over. You know, Mark, the Oilers' biggest and best skating big man was a complete... The type of player that you really like, was he'd be the first guy to tell you this. Zach Cassian was a complete non-factor in that playoff series. He was. He was no good. you got to have your guys going. We'll keep her going. Sportsnet spec, Mark Spector, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. It's 12.58 Edmonton off to global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.